Yo, what's up and welcome back to the show. This is, of course, David Scales for the Surf Splendor Network, bringing you an episode of The Grit today with Chas Smith. This is our show where we kind of recap, assess, analyze the surf industry gossip, and to be honest, not even really the surf industry, just surf culture gossip. So before we get into that, though, I'll just give you a reminder that surfsplendorpodcast.com is where you can find everything that we discuss in this episode. The topics are torn from the pages of Beach Grit, so you can also check out beachgrit.com, which is my co-host Chaz's website in partnership with Derek Riley. And then through the end of this month, of course, we're doing that Motai custom board bag giveaway. These board bags are actually made from recycled wetsuit materials, and they are tailored to your specific surfboard. You send them the size dimensions, and then they will custom make a board bag for your surfboard. And the way that you win that board bag is just by supporting this show. So we have a donation link set up on surfsplendorpodcast.com. If you've ever made a donation subscription to this show ever, you are entered to win that board bag. But you got to get that in before the end of this month of August, and you will be entered to win. We'll announce the winner via social media, and uh, that'll be that. All right? Thanks, as always, for tuning in. Without any further ado, here is Grit for August 27th, 2017. Enjoy the show. I'll be back at the end to sign us off. Thanks. We should let this We are live. Do we have anything to discuss before we actually go live? Uh, are you good? We should just go live. Go live. I agree. Why waste time off the mic? Totally, dude. Long time no see. I know it's been it's been sad. We're to not be honest. we're not doing a good job of keeping our schedule. Every no, two it's, weeks. it's hard. It's hard. But I think we're close, right? I feel like it's been a month, maybe. Really? No, we. Three, the last one was Sam in Del Mar. It was Del Mar, but that couldn't have been a month ago. Yeah, I don't know. I'd have to look it up. It's a fine home, but we're in a fine office now. Well, that's the thing. So, like, it's so difficult to organize that we end up in a different venue every time. We should start out by giving a shout-out to Surfrider Foundation, who offered to host us, and we were going to do it there this week, surfrider.org. Obviously a great organization, not only for what they do, but for allowing us to do what we do. 25 bucks a year to become a member. It's a great, great cause. Um, So we're not able to record there today. We're actually at Album Surf in San Clemente. Which is pretty radical. It's, it might be the finest surf offices I've ever been in in my entire life. I mean, surf board surf offices. I agree. It's radical. Yeah. So um, I feel like each venue gets better and better every time we record this show. It's true. Where are we going to go from here? I mean, I feel the end will be the Oval Office, mm. uh, but I feel we'll have a few steps between Album Surf and the Oval Office. I don't, uh, you know, I think we need to go to Vegas. Okay, that's true. We'll make our way east. Yeah, we should. I we like should. <laughs> we, we, we could do a road show. Awesome. Well, dude, lots to catch up on in the world, uh, surf world. Lots to catch up on in terms of listener feedback. Um, I want to start off by saying one of the, the negative feedback is always kind of the best and the most fun to receive. Sure, totally. One of the things that somebody said that stuck with me is like, must be nice how David just co-signs everything that you say, Chaz. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, dude, you're totally right. I feel like I've been treating Chaz as a guest of the show. Yeah, yeah, I'm not a guest anymore. No, you're a co-host. We're, we're how many in now? Four or five, I'd say. So I read the same comment, though, and I was really trying to think. I, I came ready to disagree about something. I just don't know what that thing is yet. It's up to me to disagree with you, I think. Because, oh, really? Well, maybe. I don't know. 
Because okay. I'm the one asking you generally, like, for your opinion on marriage or asymmetricals or soft tops or whatever. And then you go and the guy says that I co-sign everything and I think he's right. Like, you give your feedback and I just go, hey, that's a good take. But we're transitioning from you're no longer, like, a, a house guest. You're now the roommate. I'm a, I'm a roommate. You're a roommate. I'm drinking your milk. <laughs> exactly. But as the roommate, you might have to do the dishes occasionally, too. Sure. So like, I'm, I'm here. I'm not here just to bring topics to you. Maybe, you know, feel free to pitch anything you want to me. But um, so that listener, that's a constructive criticism. He meant it as an insult. But it turns out I'm going to use it for good and build off of it. It's the best way. Yeah, exactly. So that's a right. life lesson right there. So, um... I want to front load this episode with actual surf talk. We'll get into like listener feedback and all that sort of stuff, but I feel like we need to actually do surf talk occasionally. For sure. So let's go straight into it. Um, who told you the rumor that Adam Sandler was going to buy Surfer Mag? Okay, I can't. I can't you disclose. To, it's it's one of my. I, again, I think I mentioned on the show before. One of my proudest things that I have in my entire life is I don't think I've ever burned a source yet. So there's no. Uh, yeah, it's never leaked out. So I can't say who it was. But it, I will say it was somebody who was the empl- in the employ of the magazine um, about a decade ago, uh, who less than a decade ago. Uh, but it was a it's a, a legitimate trusted source, and he wasn't he wasn't telling telling it me or or yet divulging that it was Adam Sandler out of funny. Um, he was serious. But then I went back and forth with somebody who's at Surfer right now who is saying there's absolutely no way. It doesn't make financial sense for them to, for 10 to pull off, you know, pull apart the titles, um, just the way the, the way the magazine is structured or the way the group is structured. But still, if somebody, Adam Sandler, say, came with and said, hey, I love Surfer magazine. I've always loved it. Uh, how much? Yeah. Well, of course you'd sell it, right? I mean, would you sell it? Depends. No, I mean, it depends what you want your legacy to be and all that sort of stuff. How much cash you need immediately? Like, oh, they don't care about their legacy. You think anybody at the the enthusiast net network cares no. about the legacy no. of of the brands? No, no. I mean, totally I, not. I think there's great people who work there. Yeah, but I think the price they all have price tag. Everybody has a price tag, right? Of course. And their price tag, I think, is super low. I think to get out uh, with any money in their pocket, mm-hmm. anybody there would be thrilled. Yeah, I think. Well, so uh, this person. You've already said as a male. Yeah. Within the last ten years at Surfer Magazine, what position did they work in? Uh, I'm not going to say necessarily. <laughs> I'll, I'll even give you more. They weren't at Surfer Magazine. They were in in the world of, you know, I mean, there's a lot of magazines there, right? Yeah. So they were in one of those mag one of those magazines. Chris Morrow. Nope. Okay. Yeah. I All right. Chris Morrow. All right. Well, good enough. Um, but would it be Adam Sandler? As the individual, or does Adam have some sort of company that he's affiliated with that's buying up properties or production companies? And as I was thinking about it, uh, I was thinking it was like my initial thought when I heard it was like that's funny, obviously, you know. And and again, it's the beach grit way to post something first and then mm-hmm. think about it later. So it's always just you know get it up quick. But I, as I was writing the piece and thinking about why would Adam Sandler do it, I was thinking about if you are a, a surf fan, which I think he is, you know, to some level, he's mm-hmm. a surf fan. Uh, the archive that Surfer has alone, their like photography archive, is unreal, right? Which would almost be worth if you were going to spend, you know, say you were going to buy it for ten million dollars, which is would be a fairly outlandish figure, I think, for Surfer at this point. Uh, but say you were going to buy it for ten million dollars, ten million dollars, and you have basically at your disposal the best archive of surf photographs ever taken uh, from the start of surfing until now. Yeah. 
right? I mean, that's Christmas gifts for the rest of your life to all your friends. Are you just blowing up prints and giving them away? Christmas gifts, and then also licensing fees alone. I would think over time you would sure. I don't think you could. Back. I don't think you could really ever make money uh, off Surfer Magazine. Do you think you could? I don't know. At this point, it's hard to even make that argument that you could. The Surfer Bar, I think, is a good idea. I'll give it to them for that. You don't think that's a good idea? Well, that's an argument against or what you were saying about, like, does anybody care about their legacy anymore? Yeah. No, they don't. Not if they're licensing their name to bars in Florida. Sure. But what, I mean, that's the people who still like Surfer, probably, as a brand. Yeah. I mean, if you started a Surfer bar in San Clemente, I think it would be a real laughingstock. Uh, I think people would think it was funny. But, you know, you throw a Surfer bar in, I, I could see one doing well in Las Vegas, right? Mandalay Bay has a Surfer bar. People can go in from the Midwest and think, oh, you know, you got surfboards on the walls. You have... The Duke Hanamoku cocktail, and people think it's good. Would you go to Duke's and have a drink? I do. I do yeah. go to Duke's and have drinks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, especially the one, the one, the Duke's in Honolulu is fantastic. Have you yeah. been there? Yeah. My friend's wife works there. Yeah. It's great. Do you yeah. like it? I love it, actually. See, so yeah, a Duke's Mai Tai. So that's the thing. I think when you get, I'm going to call myself the core of the core. Just kidding. I'm not really <laughs> going to call myself that. But, uh, I feel that I've moved through the stages of wanting to be core to now, if I say it's core, then it's core. That's the way it is in my mind, right? So if I go to Duke's, uh, non-ironically, and order the poi and the uh, Mai Tai uh, and throw a shaka as I leave, and none of it's ironic, then all of a sudden Duke's is core in my mind. It's, pr- it's pretty... Do they have poi on the menu? They f- they've got to have something. They pr- Maybe the one in Waikiki does. They, I th- they have something called poi, I bet. Yeah. Yeah. See, yeah, that's a good point. Like, if you... Um Abandon all pretense about what is cool and what's core and just kind of like are living in it and embracing, you know, the hokey side of it too, then that's almost more core. See, that's what I think. More core. We are the more core division. We are. We're bringing it back, dude. (laughs) I wish I could bring back more core. Seriously, MCD ruled. Andy I. Yeah. Matt Archie. Archie. Yeah. Hots. Brock was... No, not Brock. It might have been Brock. I think Brock Little was on there. Yeah. Yeah. it It was one of the greatest... I think yeah, that was that was Michael Thompson's. I thought it was one of his greatest ideas ever. Offshoot of Gotcha, kind it was. Of? It yeah. was. Yeah, I think it's when I think it was when Gotcha went super corporate when it got sold. Right. I think Michael got annoyed with how it looked and just so he just started the opposite of Gotcha, which, uh, you know, or what Gotcha had had come to represent, which was more core. I, nice. Seriously, if we could bring back any surf brand, that's the one. I've talked to Michael about it before. Really? About the possibility, yeah. And I think he feels that the license could be bought back from, I think Perry Ellis still owns it. Uh, but they're, they're obviously not doing anything with it. They just own the mark. Uh, that you could buy the mark back from Perry Ellis for, yeah, I mean, who knows how much. But that'd be pretty fun to bring Pennies it back. Pennies to them is still lots to us. Totally, so. but that's okay. Maybe we'll maybe we'll buy Surfer and then sell Surfer and then buy more car. I like it. Um, so... Your guys' interview that you did on Beach Grit with Michael Thompson was pretty awesome. Um, it wasn't the most insightful or anything like that. It was just kind of interesting to watch him and hear him and the thought process. Uh, do you know him personally, or was that the only time you spent with him? No, yeah, I've, I've spent quite a quite a bit of time with him now, and I really love him. Like he's there's very few I feel living icons and surf right now. I mean, there's like Tom Curran and these, you know, there's a lot of, yeah. I think surf per- personalities who are, I mean, I guess that's not true. There's a lot of icons, but some, for some reason, MT in my mind takes it to the next level where he's this, he's just this bigger than life kind of force. Uh, and just, you know, his whole story from like starting gotcha to selling gotcha to MCD to being president of SEMA. I think he was for, 
uh, 10 years when that whole thing started. Wow. Um, just his whole, like, his his fingerprint on the surf industry is just undeni- undeniably huge. Um, and he lives up to, you know, he's just, he's, he's like a, ro- I, I hate to use the phrase rock star, but that's how he feels. He feels more like a rock and roller than he does a surfer. Is there any greater divide between two brothers than in terms of personality and style and everything between him and Sean Thompson? I don't think so. I mean, they're cousins, but it's oh, still, they're, oh, okay. they're cousins, right. but it's that's still, right. Right. but it's still, I mean, between family, last name Thompson, right? Were you, and even the brands they started from, uh, Thompson's was instinct, right? Right. Like a totally dull, you know, clean brand, uh, where you have gotcha on one side, instinct on the other. You have Michael, the way Michael Thompson lived, the way Sean lived. Uh, the whole thing is, yeah, it's an incredible. I mean, to me, there's a movie there in those two guys in the the Sean Thompson, Michael Thompson, but like a a good Hollywood film. I totally agree. Both fascinating figures. Yeah, completely, right, completely. You know. What were you doing in Mexico? Uh, surfing. Actually. Oh, really? Yeah, I mean, it wasn't a work trip. No, it was a oh, it was it was a proper vacation. Yeah, good for yep. you. Got dude. a couple days of of fun swell on the front end, so it was nice. Awesome. Whereabouts? Can you say whereabouts? Yeah, just Cabo. I love Cabo. Really? Cabo. Go with the family? Yes. It was a. Good it was just a you, nice, dude. nice little vacation. Yeah. Very cool. Yep. You, I've never got good waves in Cabo. Oh man! Like to me, it doesn't much matter. Just because I love Cabo. The fact that it's two hour, a two hour flight from San Diego, you can yeah. be door to door in basically three hours, uh, and you know you're all of a sudden in eighty degree water and you know perfectly hot with margaritas. But in the water, I will say. I wish I would have gotten his name. Uh, there was a guy surfing in a rash guard, and he paddled up to, up to me. And he said, "Cooker Curran." No way. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. He That's was a, radical, a listener dude. of the show, and he totally was. Uh, yeah, cooking or kerning. He was on a longboard. Do you want to say which he was? Uh, but he was he he was surfing good. So okay. yeah, I mean he could totally surf. Yeah, I feel like listeners. I'm going to jump way ahead in my notes towards the end of the show, but I feel like listeners have really botched that whole concept. Like some people get it, like. The concept is there's certain things in surfing that only a current only current does or only kooks and nobody in between. Totally. And I think this I think this guy got it though. Yeah. Is that he was he was being a kook slash current. Yeah. Right? So but I get I've gotten social media people like tag me in something, they're like, skimboarding, it's a total kook or current. And I'm like, No, like I see middle tier surfers skimboarding all the time. Go sure. to the beach any day of the week. During the summer, anyways, and there's a bunch of just like average dudes skimboarding. Sure. So that's not Cooker Current. Yeah. Rash guards, only the biggest Barneys or guys serving the WSL CT events are wearing rash guards. Totally. I didn't. I don't think I gave you enough credit for when you started the Cooker Current thing. It's really genius. Like, it's, thank you. Because well, I've I've started to see things now, like and cataloging things that are Cook slash Current. Yeah. Which is really a good. So it's a good thing. I've got more that we'll get into, but uh, entering the studio now is Matt Parker from Album Surfboards. Fantastic. We had a uh, discussion on our last show about asymmetrical surfboards and whether or not they were barrel. And we got a ton of feedback from listeners um, giving their insights of boards that they've ridden. Matt Parker was one of them, and he shapes boards under the label Album Surf, and he offered to give Chaz a loaner to try out. So Matt's bringing in a loaner right now. Let's see. Part of my thing with asymmetrical boards, I think, before uh, or as we had our last discussion, right, was that to me, asymmetrical boards were not sexy. I like my surfboards, I guess, to look just like erect penises, like real, <laughs> you know, proper, like smooth, you know, you know. Well, what I'm some about. erect penises aren't symmetrical. Exactly, and that's see, and that's what walking into album surf. 
and looking around, I realized that these surfboards are sexy, right? Uh, like, they don't have to look like penises, but they. But to me, a surfboard is is one of the sexiest pieces of you know art around. Like when you walk into a into a surf shop and you feel the rails and you hold the board under your arm and you look down at it and all that. Like it's part of why. Like you know, I don't surf crazy high performance boards, but it's part of why I like you know a good proper shortboard is because you. I can't imagine going into a surf shop and pulling a you know a longboard off the rack and right. and feeling good about it. And I think I had asymmetrical boards kind of in the super, super short fish, you know, really wide fish slash longboard category in my mind. But walking into Album Surf, they they seem like high performance asymmetrical. I mean, they're, they're like good looking surfboards. Totally. Matt, why don't you take my seat? Get on the mic. You tell Chaz what's up. And then uh, Chaz, you ask whatever questions you want. So here's the thing, Matt. Uh I had no idea what an asymmetrical board was supposed to do, uh, and it was only during the conversation with Mr. David Lee Scales that I realized, okay, it's it's actually one side is shaped for your toe and the other side is shaped for your heel, not necessarily shaped for the wave, right? Am I correct? I, I like to think about it just treating front side and back side kind of uniquely. So I, the reason I, I brought one up that's a fish, it's like a... I would call it like a modern version of a fish, like an asymmetrical fish. And the reason I brought that up because I think when you ride a traditional twin-keeled fish, it definitely has some advantages, but there's times when you're going backside or when you're trying to do a proper turn where you feel the limitations of what it offers you. And so with this board, it's like you have all the benefits of that twin-keel speed that you get with the fish, but it's a little tighter arcing heel side rail line okay so you can fit more performance turns you can fit tighter in the pocket can you can you tell like a distinct difference uh surfing a an asymmetrical like this to a you know a traditional say like a uh high performance fish uh yeah i think the thing for me the key though is you shouldn't jump on it and it shouldn't feel like well this feels weird or this feels asymmetrical to me, if you've nailed it, you jump on it and it feels just in sync with what you're doing. It feels locked in. It doesn't feel like it's taking you in weird lines. It feels just connected to you. And so part of that is the asymmetry, is that fitting that the rail lines to your feet, fitting the fin placement to your feet makes it feel a little bit more seamless. So I notice on this one, uh, on this particular board, there's one big fin on, on the, obviously, if, if it's for me, it's on the, on the toe side. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then two smaller fins on the heel side, right? Yeah, basically. So it's like a it's like a performance twin fin on your toes, and it's like a performance quad fish on your heels. Um, the real key, though, the real I guess what makes it work for me is that uh, your foot is always in the sweet spot. So a lot of times, you know, if you're if you're riding like a performance shortboard and you need to accelerate and drive down the line your foot's a little bit maybe in front of your fins or at the top of your pad, and that's how you accelerate. But when you want to turn, you kind of got to step back step back yeah. to the sweet spot to really hook a turn. With this one, I feel like my toes sit right on top of the twin fin all the time so I can accelerate. But at the same time I'm in the acceleration spot, my heel is sitting right over uh, the quad cluster. And so it feels like at the same time I'm accelerating, I can pivot and find that little hook in that little sweet spot. See, that's, yeah, I, that's interesting. Uh, why don't, because 
again, once we were talking about it last week, it made perfect sense to me. Mm-hmm. I felt like, you know, as humans, we're, our foot is asymmetrical. It's yeah. not a, a big, chunky heel and a big, chunky heel. Why aren't all the pros riding not only asymmetrical boards uh, for their own feet uh, in contests, but also, you know, based on the waves they're riding? I mean, it makes... Wouldn't, wouldn't it make more sense? What's the, what's the problem? Yeah, I think, in my experience... Uh, they're still kind of viewed as a novelty and pros that surf for a living they view unique boards as novelty boards almost like to be surfed in novelty kind of waves or uh, and so there's still I think just someone has to kind of break down that barrier a little bit you know I think who somebody did was it Josh Kerr somebody rode an ASIM in a in a contest right Josh rode one like a self-shaped one he and Rusty shaped in Chopu but his was a little different theory because it was it was uh, meant just for pulling and going back. So yeah, and he was only going left, right? Yeah, choked. and so really, like normal asymmetrical theory is meant to go, you know, take the just surf it all over the place, left and right or whatever. But his was designed. I think it's. I mean, because th- that was my concept of what an asymmetrical board was before. Again, our conversation was that it's meant to go one way on the wave, right? Like if you like, if you know, you're riding a wave that's a right, then you have this asymmetrical board that's for the right. Yeah. But that's not true. It's for your foot. Yeah, it's really. I mean, you like when you're dry, when you drop in and you take your right, you're going front side on this. It'll feel like a really fast performance fish, and it won't feel anything different. You'll feel like, whoa, this thing's really fast. It goes down the line. And when you really notice it is when you go to engage a front side carve. You can do it much tighter and much more on rail with uh, normally with a board like this, you wouldn't be able to do. And then you notice it backside because as soon as you drop in and bottom turn and come off the off the bottom, it's it almost wants to accelerate up the face. Whereas normally, a flatter rockered fish is going to want to just kind of like go fast, but just kind of project down the line and kind of surf horizontal. And you can surf it a little bit more vertically. So. Do you surf any traditional boards anymore? Or yeah. Are you you still? Yeah. When do you get on a traditional board? Uh, if I am surfing lowers, head high lowers, and I'm doing short board turns i'll just write a short board but i also you know because it's more pocket oriented i think for me the advantages of asymmetricals are when you need to accelerate and, and you need to get around sections and there's kind of interesting lip sections or interesting uh parts of the wave that i wouldn't normally be able to fit a turn on a short board yeah. i can kind of take different angles and different lines son of a bitch i wish i had this in mexico <laughs> all right i'm gonna jump in when we spoke about asymmetry last time, did we misspeak about anything, or is there anything that you want to talk about no, know, in reference to that conversation? No, I think there's like lots of people have different theories or different okay. approaches. Like I, like we've talked about before, I, I don't, I, I don't want to over-engineer anything with the surfboard, and so I think simplicity is good in making it work, and so that's why I tend to approach it like heel side like a quad, toe side like a twin, and not try to over-engineer too much uh, fin or uh, foam placement, heel side to toe side too yeah. much. It kind of naturally does that with the rocker when you shorten the rail line on the heels anyways. But. This this board's a 5'9", Chaz is 6'3". Six, 6'3". Six, mm-hmm. Is it too small? How much, how much do you weigh? Uh, I just weighed myself in Mexico. I weigh in at 167. Oh, it's light. Yeah. So I'm 6'2", like 180. And so I would ride this... And this one for me was like foam friendly. Like I felt like okay, I'm cheating a little bit. Like it's plenty, of, plenty of volume. So it would definitely float you. And definitely would, you know. I mean, you'll you'll see it. You can pick it up and feel it. I ride my, I ride my board short. No, it's poly glass epoxy. Oh, okay. 
So it's a really pretty board. So the other, I mean, we do. I was trying to grab one that would, that would fit for you too. I mean, I do performance shortboards, asymmetrical too, but realistically, you know, you're still going to surf those, and when the waves are good, the waves are always good. So I was like, let's get something that you can try when. If you went out today and it's waist high, you could surf it. I could still have fun on this. Yeah. That's amazing. Exactly. San Diego, Cardiff kind of waves, all those, oh, all those spots. So. See. We'll do a full review next time. Yeah. We get yeah. yeah. Sweet. All right. Okay. Thank it. you so much, Matt. Yeah. A pleasure. Enjoy it. All right. Um, this is exciting. Always exciting to try a new board. I know. Yeah. It's really rad. Um, I love the idea of a loner, too. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's I know. Like such, obviously, less of a commitment, but um, really awesome. Cool. Very cool, Matt. So, anyways, the Kooker Current thing, right? Yes. So, I got a few new ones. Okay, um, great. Uh, puka shell necklaces. Have you seen a pro do a puka shell? Kelly Slater on the cover of Interview Magazine, shot by Bruce Weber. Sure. Sure. I mean, and Julian Wilson, too, back in the day, right? Full, those guys are full currents. And they're full. But I feel, though, that puka shell was... I mean, I guess you're right. I don't know. Have you ever seen a middle tier guy doing it? You've only seen full blown kooks, which is actually ninety nine percent of puka shell necklace wearers. Then the one percent are Julian and Kelly. See, but the problem is, I think I bet if we went back into the archives uh, of when puka shell necklaces were actually a trend, then you would find surfers across the spectrum. I bet if we had a snapshot of lowers during that time, there would be enough uh, middle tiers sprinkled in there. You don't think so? You don't think happen? Did you ever wear a puka shell necklace? Heck no. I'm trying to think if I did. I never wore a puka shell. I wore stupid necklaces, though. That's different. It has then to be a puka. puka shell. Yeah, I never wore... Okay, I'm going to give it to you. There's never been a middle-tier surfer on the history of the planet that wore a puka shell Okay, necklace. we should... Uh, you should put it out to the listeners. We should put it out to the listeners of so any, they, any middle-tiers out there no, who, who wore a puka shell back well, in the Well, they're day. just going to self... They're going to identify themselves, then, as a kook. If they raise their hand and go, hey, I was a middle-tier surfer, or, I'm going to be like, no, it turns out you were you a You were a kook. You but, didn't know. But maybe they thought... Maybe the, what if they were a current in their mind? What they if they're like, been. I'm pretty good. They could have been. I was pretty good. Well, so when Julian Wilson raises his hand, I'll give him the current status. For sure. I mean, yeah. Julian and Kelly are, are obvious currents, I think. Totally. In the in this scenario. Totally. Okay. Yeah. It is what it is, dude. It's science. Kook current. Yeah. It's true. All right. The other one was, this one's a little more obscure, booties with trunks. Yeah. Like, you can think of tons of kooks who have done it, but it's harder to think of currents who have done it, but I could name a few. Timmy Turner yep. in Indo. Yep. I've seen, I've got footage of Corey Lopez that I could post doing it also in Indo, like low tide, super sharp reef breaks. There's a picture, in fact, at Cabo Surf Hotel of Corey Lopez getting barreled in booties with shorts. Hilarious. Yep. So those are the only two examples I could think of. Except, okay, what do you do, though, David Lee Scales, yeah. when you're crossing, when you have to walk, like, say, you know, Uluwatu or whatever, where it gets super low and you've got to uh, walk across the reef? Yeah. Uh, what do you do? I've never surfed there, but if I was in that position, I would tough it out and end up with cuts on my feet because I, I like, I just have too much dignity to wear the booties. But it's really sharp. Yeah. The reef. I mean, I don't know if it but is guys there, but do it though, right? I don't. I mean, see, so that's the thing is, I like when I was last in Indonesia, uh, I saw people really cruising over the reef pass, which and they seemed to be wearing some kind of reefy shoe yeah. that somehow disappeared when, it, when they were in the lineup. Hmm. So I didn't, I didn't see people surfing in booties. So. Well, so there's also that footage from the nineties of like Tom Carroll with booties tucked into the back of his shorts. So that's, that's maybe what they were doing. Yeah. Cause I felt like it was like, I was bummed when I had to go in, like I surfed too long. 
the tide sucked way too far out, and I, I recall having to walk across a little section of reef. I can't remember if it was Uluwatu or where it was, but uh, and just thinking, like, well, this is fucking awful. Right. And the problem is, lots of times, it's not just a little section of reef. No, no. It's like a long stretch that sure. you have no other option. No. Yeah. So full cooker current, dude. Booties with trunks. I like it. Yeah. All right, cool. Uh, well, we should mention, by the way, in regard to asymmetricals, there was also another guy who reached out and offered a loaner, Scrivy Surfboards. I think his name's Corey Scrivener. Yes. It's up in Ventura County. So I don't know if that's going to come together or not. But um, again, super generous to even make the offer Completely. and the connection. Uh, the other feedback is everybody is so psyched on your idea for the Everyman Challenge. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, I think we need to do it. For, I mean, for sure. I feel it's a. I feel it's a really good idea too. Everybody loves it, and they're like, "I got Ron at Board Porn messaged me, and he's like, uh, can I get in on that?'" Yeah, I'm like, "Look, dude, the heat draw is not set yet, but I'll consider adding you." It, <laughs> it's t- it's time. I think by next show we should have a, we. Sh- I mean, between this show and next show, we should get a rough heat draw. Together. I would love to. We could do yeah. it in San Diego on a yep. Saturday when everybody has work off. We can get a bunch of like Vulcan album to donate surfboards. Yep. The, your objective, by the way, with this for people who didn't hear that was to find out what the best everyday surfboard is for an average surfer. Yes. So we'll get those guys to all donate what they think would be kind of the everyman surfboard. And we all go out in the heat. The, the contest isn't to find out who the best surfer is. No. It's to find out which the best board is. Which is the best board for the everyman. Exactly. Like, and who is the best everyman shaper? And again, not not for like fat, like there's no eggs, there's no Mm-mm. there's no weird, you know, fun we, we all think we can still rip. Precisely. Yeah. Like it's for, you know, I can do a turn. Yeah. Right? Totally. Yeah. The board should make me do a turn. Exactly. Yeah. See, the, looking at this board right here, I'm literally thrilled to go surf this album board because I feel... That this board is going to make me do a turn. Yeah, like I, I have it, it in my body. I think it's just might. the board just needs to bring it out. <laughs> did you do turns in Cabo? I did. I surfed the rock a lot okay. most of the time. Uh, have you Have you been down? Yeah, there? is that the? It's the one right off kind of Cabo Surf Hotel where the the out the front is like that super mush burger yes. thing, and then off to the if you're in the water, I guess facing the shore, off to the right is La Roca, which okay. is just that kind of rock outcropping, and there's yeah. a. There's a fun little speedy right, I think, that's kind of fun. It gets kind of fat in the middle, but yeah, yeah fun wave. Yeah, that's the thing. That's my experience with surfing down there, too, is it's all fun. Sure. But it's not really, like, even better than Southern California. No. It's and just it's, warm. and It's warm and it's fun. Yeah. Like, and it's, yeah, I didn't go there, you know, to, to shred, but it's, it's fun to go on a family trip yeah. where, you know, the kids can be playing on the beach and you can paddle out and get a couple. Yeah, totally. Um, so I asked... Oh, in regard to the Everyman Challenge, by the way, Ron at Board Porn suggested that we allow a celebrity wild card to Kelly Slater, who has to compete with his broken foot. Would be totally perfect. Be so rad. Yeah. Kelly, <laughs> you're on. in. Yeah. So we have to have a board that can fit that boot that he has to wear. Oh, that'd be a good asymmetrical right there. There you go. Um, so other stuff. I put out a call to action to listeners like, hey, what do you guys want us to talk about on the show? And that's going to dictate most of the segments in today's show. Board Porn, actually posted a comment wanting to know he pulled this question i think from tim ferris's deck because this is something he always asks but who in surfing would you most like to punch in the face most like to punch in the face a professional surfer or no, in the surf industry anywhere in surf industry hmm. i'm gonna have to think about this one for a minute this is a this is a great question punch in the face do they do, like is it a fight or just i punch them? you get to punch them just like somebody you you see their instagrams or whatever they put out there and you just like oh god i just want to punch them in the face yeah uh, do you have yours off the top of your head? I think I'm going to go Kiala Kenley. Oh, you'd punch her in the face? 
Does, do you follow her on Instagram? <laughs> no. But occasionally, I don't because I'm so annoyed. Like, occasionally, I see what she posts, and I'm just like, oh, my God, so annoying. Okay, okay. Would you punch her in the scar? In the scar? Isn't it got, all a scar? I mean, she got her face ripped off. Ripped off, dude. The most yeah. horrific footage I've totally, seen. Totally. Completely. Yeah. Yeah. I like KK style. Do you really? Totally. I mean, yeah. I don't follow her on Instagram, but I like the whole DJ cute lesbian thing she's got going on. Yeah, see, the every photo, it's like her, like giving like rock and roll fingers yeah. with, like her tongue sticking out like yeah, yeah. shouting it's and nice. i'm just like oh it's, it's nice she's having a good so time annoying. oh yeah i'm in i'm into kk so i want to be i want to be having a good time with kk yeah all right who would i well then why don't you follow her on instagram then if you love it so much oh, i should i guess now that you now that now that now that you mention it i should um so that photo by the way of her face getting ripped off yeah. in fiji it's amazing so was it fiji enough. or was it chopu yeah yeah so completely gnarly. the fact that she ever surfed after that to me i know is if i got my face ripped off on a reef yeah i think i would hang up yeah hang up myself i agree support. dude it, i don't even like looking at that photo no it's, it's, it's so gnarly. gnarly yeah every once in a while it pops up um i thought you were gonna say zach weisberg for sure no because it wouldn't be any fun like i have enough fun just like kind yeah. of slapping slapping at zach uh a full-on punch wouldn't be very satisfying I'd, i would want to punch somebody Oh man, this, I mean it's such a good question. Um like who would be fun to punch, right? Who who would like whose face would you really want like grinding into your knuckles? Right? I mean yeah. part of it is like you know like when you have, have we talked about kicking dogs no, on the show? Never. You know how fun it is to kick a dog? Like no. a, like not a small dog, but like a big fat lab or you know a pit bull something something that's got meat on its bones where you can just go up and and not to cause, you know, no breaking ribs kick but you just really bury your foot in the midsection of a dog it's there's like the satisfying thump is it's really nice that's that's the kind of sick human being that's the kind of surfer that i would like to punch though someone where when my oh aki i would love to fucking punch aki in the face good one yeah good one just punch him right in his underbite I'd punch him in the neck, probably. Really? You, I mean, it'd be hard. It'd be hard. Neck punch, dude. It'd, it'd be hard to differentiate, I think, on Aki sometimes where, where the face starts and the neck ends. Yeah, but wouldn't that feel good? I yeah. feel his face would feel nice in my fist. Yeah, I feel like he's got it coming, for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. And it just feel nice. And he's a podcast competitor. Yeah. So it's always good to take down your competition. The Ockcast. The Ockcast, he would, he would mumble a little more next exactly. next episode. He'd exactly. be a little more marbly. Um. So the Weisberg thing, another at Scott Kahn wanted to know why you made him listen to that horrible podcast with Weisberg. Uh, oh, because it was with Weisberg and Rory Parker? <laughs> yeah. It was amazing. Did you? It was it was honest to goodness performance art. Did really? you listen to any of it? I oh, didn't yeah. listen to one second of it. Oh, my goodness. It I was... actually want to. It's just my time is like too valuable. Sure. But uh, if you're sitting at home and you, like the choice is between you know watching an old episode of seinfeld or some (laughs) some kind of you know whatever comedy or listening to rory and zach weisberg just do rory and zach for like 30 minutes okay when you're hiring for a small business you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role and there's no faster or effective way than through linkedin jobs your time and capital are precious, and there is a powerful resource that can help you focus on what you're good at and integrate people into your team seamlessly to help grow your business. LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to find the right professionals for your team efficiently and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. 
Everyone is already on LinkedIn with their resumes and references, and now LinkedIn has designed a hiring platform to connect you with candidates specifically qualified for the job that you post about. More than a billion professionals meticulously organized to connect people by skill set to help us all advance our position. 2.5 million businesses already use LinkedIn for hiring, and 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. It's that fast, easy to use, and effective. LinkedIn Jobs can help you write job descriptions, filter the right person to you, and give you the tools to help you interview them like a pro. LinkedInjobs.com slash surf is where you go to post your job for free. Yes, totally free. That's linkedinjobs.com slash surf to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. I I feel like it's, I owe it to listeners. Like it's part of my due diligence as a podcaster. I need to know. Uh, But the problem is I'm never at home debating to watch an old episode of Seinfeld because there's so much amazing content nowadays on Netflix and Amazon that it's like, I just have A plus stuff all the time. See, so I, like I skipped through a lot of that episode, you know, but we just, I would like, it felt fun to almost remix it. Like I would drag the cursor around okay. to hear Zach say, well, well, I'm, I'm drinking so much coffee. It's crazy. Uh, to Rory, you know, blathering on about whatever he was, it was, but yeah, I mean, I have no room to talk. Obviously people, I know that there is a good truck full of listeners out there who hate the blather that happens here, but yeah, I feel I feel though that you and I don't reach the level of performance art that Rory and Zach reached in that. Not that we should. That's not. That's oh. not. We're not performance artists. Okay. Uh, they made something so absurdly dull and echoey and ridiculous that it it just broke through into art. I didn't see one positive feedback about any of it. Really? Yeah. Where did you find Where did you find feedback about it? On your comment section. Oh yeah, I mean, but that's our, that's rough because that's the <laughs> there's never crit. positive yeah. feedback there. I mean, that's the beach crit comment section. God bless them all. Um, yeah, actually, I do love it too. Well, I will give it a listen. Then I actually, I'm ashamed to say this because nobody's actually called me out on it yet. But I did interview Zach like two yeah. or three years ago on this show. Was he a, was he a good interview? You know, um, yeah, I think so. I, I feel Zach keeps telling the same st- every. T- I mean, I haven't heard that many things with Zach, but it's it seems like his shtick is pretty. Like I know what he's going to say, right? About how he started the inertia and what they're looking for and how he feels about stuff. And you know, maybe people are never surprised by anything I say either. Uh, but I feel Zach. I, I could script Zach's next interview and totally. it would be accurate. Well, I just feel like when I interviewed him, I think it was like before the inertia really jumped the shark. Mm-hmm. You know, so it was like yeah. so to speak. So. Um, I actually had questions about like how he had built the brand and things sure. like that, but so I think it was a little more I don't know relevant back then. Uh, I got to see your shoes, dude, and I got to oh, get yeah. a photo. Yeah, what are you wearing today? Uh, I've got a pair of Gucci loafers on today. Sweet, dude. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anything else you want to tell listeners about these? Um, Everybody cares. They came from New York. Bought them in New York. Uh, yeah, my daughter really likes them. I, I went through. Yeah, I mean, I'm still semi in the phase where I thought, you know tired of always wearing different shoes what's a shoe that i could just wear out that looks good worn out and i thought people aren't doing a traditional black penny loafer anymore or most people aren't like the michael jackson style black penny loafer that you can wear with jeans you can wear it with you know slacks you can dress it up i wouldn't wear it with shorts but i don't wear shorts but yeah so i i really i think i could probably got them a 
year ago and oh, thought okay. I'm bringing I'm bringing the loafer back is what I thought at the time. Um, it's a good call that you just said the Michael Jackson Michael Jackson style because that's exactly what those yeah are. yeah which is you can moonwalk in those totally yeah. and Gucci Gucci did a real good job Gucci's Gucci's got a good design thing going on now I think mm. they were played out for a minute but mm. last couple of years Gucci design has really has really popped awesome well uh, I'll post that Instagram by the way at Surf Splendor if anybody wants to see Chaz's shoes ongoing theme every show okay dude. Now that we're getting like lots of feedback with social media, like in the comment section, comment section of Beach Grit, I've isolated or kind of categorized the style of comments that come in. And there's kind of these couple of different categories. And so I'm going to lump these guys into a category and ask you, who would you least rather go on a surf trip with? Okay. And... This is like hot tropical destination. You've got to share a room with this guy. Is it a boat or is it is it a land? Let's do a boat because okay. it's tighter quarters. Okay. Right? Yep. So you actually have to fly out with him. So you got to sit on the plane with this dude. Oh. You've got to share all the transit stuff, the car to the destination. Then you got to get on the boat. You have to surf every session with this dude. You have to have all your meals together and you're sharing a room. This is amazing. This okay. Is, this is as you're setting up an amazingly bad scenario <laughs> okay. here. Yeah. So... Option, the first two. Option A, the guy who corrects your grammar on social media. Yep. Or the guy who tells you that you didn't properly credit the source on what you just posted. Oh, I'll, I'll take, I'll go with the guy who corrects your grammar. Okay. Like that guy's annoying, but the guy who tells you you didn't credit on Instagram, Instagram of all places, <laughs> yes. which is all it is, is a giant stew. Totally. Uh, and who gets really up in arms about where things came from on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, that guy doesn't get to come. And by the way, that guy, when he corrects you, he goes, hey, you stole that from this other account. Why didn't you credit that account? Then I'll go look at that other account and see that this was not the original source at all. You think this guy filmed this clip? And like, no, you idiot. It's ridiculous. They're so dumb, dude. Yeah, the grammar grammar guy would be a real bummer. Yeah, Like, I wouldn't like that trip, but I would like it way more with the grammar guy. At least the grammar guy has some amount of I don't know um, I don't know uh, knowledge and education, and he's like he might not be doing it to shame you. He just might not be familiar with Instagram etiquette, and he's just like, oh, Chaz didn't know the difference between this word and that word, so I'm gonna enlighten See, him. My damned ex-wife was one of the grammar people. Oh no, yeah, which so I'm I'm swallowing. Uh, a big ugly spoonful of medicine by going with the grammar guy because I already know how that feels. Oof. Where, like, my whole point in life and the way I write and everything, I mean, I got my stinking, and again, not that it's good or quality or anything, but my degree or my graduate degree was applied linguistics. And honestly, the only thing I took out of that was language isn't a real thing, basically. It's just what you make it. And, you know, some languages more than others, obviously. English the most. There's no actual rules. And so. I mean, there are, you know, and we abide by comma here, capital here, period here. But really, the joy of English is taking it and pulling it apart and making it be what you want it to be, right? Mm -hmm. And so when I write, I'm writing grammatically incorrect, but I'm doing it on purpose. Not that I know all the rules, but this is the way I want it to feel, right? This is the way I want the words to sound in your mouth as you're in your head as you're reading. And it's all like, that's the fun. What's the fun of saying, no, there's a right and there's a wrong. There's no Right. right and wrong. Yeah. 
Trash Pros, I think somebody called yeah, it. Yeah, Derek Riley. Oh, is that really? Yeah. Was that his phrase? Yeah. I thought it was accurate. Yeah, and I think what Derek was, at the time, if I recall, what he was referring to was that I just kept trashing people. Oh. Uh, but he might have been, it might have been, I think it might have been the whole thing, actually, now that I think back. The whole, the package and the subject matter. I thought it was accurate because, I'll be honest, uh, I don't think we've ever had this conversation, but like, I used to see your name in Surfing Magazine. Mm-hmm. And whenever I saw that it was written by you, I'd like skip it because yeah, yeah. I, I read a couple and I was just like, doesn't make any sense. I'm not a fan of this style yeah. at all. And then I read your book and I was a fan of that. And I've read other stuff, maybe in stab in this interim and like liked all that or liked some of that stuff. And I realized when he said trash pros, I was like, no, that's exactly what it is. The trash element made me feel judgmental about it. Sure. And I was just like, oh, I don't want to read this. But there is a prose to it that yeah. is actually very entertaining to read. And so if I can kind of see past what I think should be you know, proper structure and kind of get rid of that judgment call, then I actually like it. Yeah, I mean, thank you. But yeah, like it's, it's the only way I can do it, right? Like I, I just hate to be boxed in by... I don't want it to sound like, I mean, I, I said me and you forever, right? As a kid and people would always correct me, you know, it's you and I, right. but that's didn't, that's not how I want it to sound. I like me and you, right. like me and you sounds fun. Me and you rolls off the tongue. Yeah. So I wrote something or I did a film review for Amaya and Goodwin's latest documentary called Given. And I did it with Scott on the show that we do. And I wrote it all out, but I wrote it just in the way that I would say it on the show. And then I was going to pub- publish it on the blog on Surf Splendor's website. And I had to rewrite it for publication differently than I talked about it on the show. So I went through that exact process. I'm like, why does it sound better when I'm saying it out loud and have to rewrite, you know? Exactly. So that's part of that process. Anyways, boat trip. I've got a couple more for you. Would you rather go on this boat trip with A, guy who thinks everything is racist, or B, guy who uses hashtags in places where they don't actually hyperlink to anything, like in the comments on Beach Grit or text messages? I I would go with hashtag guy. Really? Yeah, the the identity politics guy is so eye rolly annoying at this point. Like, so it is the worst. Yeah, dude. identity politics is honestly, I can't imagine. I would rather go with a flaming racist, to be honest, than with the identity politics guy. Fully agree with you. Yeah, I'm on board with both these guys. Yeah. Uh, so I posted an Instagram the other day with. Uh, it was like. If you're a cholo, but you grew up in Santa Barbara County and it shows a cholo surfing, like it's like photoshopped a guy like doing this cholo squat, but he's on a board on the left. And uh, some, yeah, in the, of course, somebody makes a comment in the section like, oh, you're so racist for posting this. And I was like, this is a joke about two subcultures, sure. cholos and surfers, neither of which are a race. No. So if you're applying a race to one of these things, then you're the actual racist, you idiot. You know what I mean? Like, of course I didn't even engage with him, but I was just like, how dumb are you, dude? Yeah, no, the, the sent over sensitive. I mean, the whole safe space, but I think, you know, Donald Trump for all his flaws, I think one thing that he's, that he's hit on is, and especially for his demographic, right? Is people just tired of being careful about what they say yeah, uh, always and, and everything being so loaded. And I understand obviously that it's not good to, you know, slander races and, and, you know, gender and blah, 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 blah. But come on, like, can't we have any fun at all anymore? No, like, can't we, we make fun of each other? No, I guess, we we, I guess not. But you're right. He's setting, he's kind of going so extreme in one direction that I think it'll pull back to the middle somewhere where we actually are allowed to say what's on our mind without getting fired from our job and things like that. Yeah. You know, like it went way too far the opposite direction <laughs> for a while. Yeah. 
So thanks, thanks Donald Trump. Yeah. <laughs> Making language great again. All right. Who would you rather go on a surf trip with? Guy who posts photos of uh, food on Instagram or guy who posts selfies on Instagram? I would go with the selfie guy. Ooh. I'm going to go with selfie guy. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to go food guy. Food guy? Yeah. Food guy to me uh, seems like like that he thinks he's better than the selfie guy. Mm. Both of them are selfie guys uh, at their heart, right? Yeah, selfie, they are. Se- selfie guy just knows what he is. Food guy thinks he's being a little bit fancy. So food, guy, food guy's also... I think selfie guy is very stupidly bragging just about how they look or... Yeah. Uh, food guy, though, I think it feels like he's cultural. He feels like look at look at my fancy my fancy meal. Yeah, see, I just want to eat good food. So if I'm on that trip, I realize this guy he's going to lead me towards good food. Have you ever insted pictures of your food? I want to say no, but I guarantee a listener is going to jump in and be like, "Yeah, right." December fourteenth, two thousand fourteen. So no, I, I intentionally don't, but I like a lot of my uh, energy in a given day is devoted towards my next meal. Yeah. I'm like, when I'm going to eat, where I'm going to eat. And so I care a lot about food, but I intentionally don't post it. What's your, what's your out in uh, percentage? What are you like, are you always out or are you thinking about what ingredients am I going to, am I going to buy to go cook at home? Both 50, 50, you're 50, 50. I okay. would prefer to cook at home all the time, but yeah. like it just, you can't, you know, Yeah, it's true, but I do like to cook. So, so I'm going to go with the food guy. I think, uh, I don't know. Selfie guy, you're right. Maybe he's more actualized in a way and he's just embracing it, but I'm going food guy. I think it's a good call. All right, man. Uh, I sent you, we're going to do a power rankings. Perfect. Yeah. Did you look at this email? No. I wanted to come in. We can do it last night. Okay. You could over, you could look over my shoulder on the computer. Uh, Basically power rankings of B level pro surfer spouses. Oh, perfect. Okay. Hold on. I've got five of them. Five of them. I've actually I sorted through probably twenty B list pro surfer spouses. This um, this category or this topic actually came from a listener as well. Now, listeners might think, "Hey, this is a super crass. You're evaluating surfers' wives. This is so crass." But it's actually not. This is in keeping with our show's theme of you giving me marital advice, you praising your wife. Uh, we're actually huge fans of the support system of the pro surfers that we know and love. That's true. And so this is really just a power rankings of who would be the best partner and mother. Yeah. That's what we're doing. Okay, great. And it's too easy to be like, oh, Ashley O and Kelly Slater's girl, Kalani. And we all know those women. We all see them on Instagram. We follow them on Instagram. So we can't just do a power rankings of those women. We, that would not be like doing our due diligence as broadcasters. Sure. So what we want to do is dig a layer deeper, go into the B tier surfers and give people some like insight into chicks that they've never seen before. I like this. All right, cool. So, uh, I've got five of them. I'm going to list the five. Okay. Did you pull up the email? I can't find it. Okay, don't worry about it. You can look over my shoulder. I'll pull up or um, I'm going to list the five and then we'll review them and figure out who would be the best mother okay. and uh, partner. Okay. Helena Vestergaard. Do you know who this is? No. Nathan Webster's okay, I've seen her. wife yeah, slash yeah. baby mama. Got it. Amanda Spencer, Sterling Spencer's S- wife yep. and baby mama. Jacqueline Miller, Chris Ward's ex, baby mama. Okay. Okay. Shauna Logie. Yep. Tori Praver. Who's Tori? 
Danny Fuller's wife. Danny Fuller's wife. Okay. And they got a couple kids together. Okay. And Shauna Logie is, of course, Trav Logie's girl. So you want to come over here real quick? I don't even need to. I know, you know I know all of these women. You know Sterling Spencer's girlfriend? Yeah. Right? yeah. Okay, cool. So here's what's crazy. So again, this is your partner and potential mother of your children. So you got to factor in more than just looks. Sure. So I'm going to give you a quick rundown of these women. Uh, Helena Vestergaard, she's only 23 years old, formerly attached to Anthony Kiedis. She's an Australian model. So she and Anthony Kiedis were together when she was 20. And now, she, so she's a model. So she's got income from her modeling career. She's early in her modeling career because she's 23. However, they just had a baby, her and Noodles. So I don't know if that affects her modeling career or not. Um, Amanda Spencer, Sterling Spencer's wife. I couldn't really find any professional background on her. But the upside to that is she could just be a stay-at-home mom. Take clean, care of your kid. Clean slate. Right? So that's got value to it. Chris Ward's ex, Jacqueline Miller. She seems to be a model, but I can't really fully verify that. Like maybe she started a swimwear line, but it didn't really take off. But she's got 50,000 followers on Instagram and it's a private account. So she's popular. She's done something. She, do you get her money too? Because I think she went on and married some multi, multi-millionaire. Oh. Yeah. So, I mean, does that come with, with her? Yeah. 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 This is... You are, this is going to be your life partner sure. and potential so she has, mother. So, so she also has multi-millions in, in the divorce settlement with her latest ex. So that factors in. Yeah. Shauna Logie, Trav Logie's wife, South African actress slash model. Go to uh, shaunalogie.com if you want to check her out. She's Her list of credits include who wants to, or not who wants to be a millionaire, um, Deal or No Deal, Blue Crush 2. So she's a working actress. That's why they live in Hollywood. And then Tori Praver, Danny Fuller's wife, super successful swimwear line. It's available all over the place, including Target. Uh, her reported net worth on CelebrityNetWorth.com is $5 million. Wow. That is, yeah. That's surprising. Yes. But amazing. Amazing, right? I don't know how they even quantify that stuff. But Are we, we going to start at the bottom or the top for this? I want you – yeah, we're going to end at the top. So start okay. bottom, five through one. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to – and no, no knock on dear Sterling, but I'm going to put his his wife at the bottom, Amanda Spencer. Amanda Spencer, five. and just because I don't have time for youth right now, to be honest, I don't have time for youth, and I don't have time for for blank slates. Like I want my woman to to know who she is and to be doing her thing at this strong point. sense of self. Exactly. Hmm. Yep. Okay. And, she, and she may have that. I don't know that she doesn't, but uh, she's young, right? She's 23. Is that what you said? Uh, no, Helena Vestergaard's 23. I don't know how old Amanda think, Spencer is. I think is. Amanda Spencer's young as well. She looks young, yeah. and Sterling's fairly young, yeah, yeah. so yeah, yeah. And they just had a kid together, so congratulations yep. Congratulations to yeah. for your... Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Congratulations baby. for being on the bottom of the power ranking. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 she's still number five. Sure. Because great. they made the top five Okay, cut. okay, good. There was like 15 that got bumped out. Great. Uh, okay, so Amanda Spencer coming in number five. The Amanda Spencer coming in number five, the other young one coming in number four. Helena Vestergaard. Helena... I like it. I like the... What was she again? She was a... She is a, a model. 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 Yeah, she's beautiful. Model. And again, no knock on, on looks or anything. I I think I even follow Noodles on Instagram. So I've seen... or I know I've seen her picture before and, and a very attractive woman. Exotic looking. Exotic. Dark, I, yeah. But I just don't have time for the youth. Okay. Why not? I just don't... I don't... Because like, there is a youth... Like, she's a model. She has a successful career. So she might have a strong sense of self, even though she's 23. Definitely. That's great. Um, I just like my women a little older, to be honest with you. I like them to be seasoned vets in the game of life. 
Yeah. Okay. I like so are you talking like equivalent age with you or actually older than you? Uh, b- both. Okay. Yeah. O- me or older than me. Interesting. Yeah, that's what, and I've always liked the older, the older woman. Okay. Like I like the life experience. I like the, I don't want to be, I don't ever want to be bored. I don't ever want to know more or feel like I know more than my partner. Hmm. Okay. Right. Cause then why are you partner with them? Yeah. I if, like it. If you're bringing the stuff to the table. Right. I, I'm still I'm still sussing all that out in my life. Like I like that for certain things, and then sure. I like the younger sense of wonderment for certain yeah. things. Yeah. I mean, what you should really do is marry a young one and divorce within the first year, uh, or no, you, you can you know divorce within the first five years hmm. and then go older. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'll apply that to my life strategy. Yeah. Your mom, I, your mom will like that. Yeah, one. exactly. Did you see that Instagram I posted? Yeah, yeah. How good was that? Dude? dude, really good. She was so angry at me for posting that. Yeah. And like I, she texted me to say she was angry, but I thought she was kind of joking. And then, but then next she was time really I saw legitimately her, legitimately angry, super angry. Yeah. Dude. But super it's good angry. though. So I went through a lot of apologizing for that. Yeah. So, all right, cool. So we got, uh, we're to the top three. Yeah. Bronze, into the top three. It's bronze, exciting. silver, gold. So top three again, Shauna Logie, Jacqueline Miller, and, uh, Tori Praver. I'm going to go uh, for my third place, the second runner-up. I'm going to go Dear Logie. I like the... No, I'm sorry. I just can't do it. Jacqueline. Jacqueline's Jacqueline, number three. Yeah, Jacqueline's number three. I agree. Totally. Yeah. Jacqueline's also... I think she fits your age demographic a little she bit does. better. She does. But she's got a kid. She might have more than one kid. Jacqueline I don't know if that a, matters to you. Jacqueline has... Malia. Uh, Malia, yeah. yeah. She's like has a not only a kid. She has a... 18 year old or whatever right yeah at least Malia. 18 and yeah. on her way to becoming a pro female surfer too, totally so. she pushed who, who did she push off the wave she pushed uh malia pushed Gab? gabby off the way yeah. at lowers yeah, yeah, yeah great clip you should put the clip up okay i will line. for sure yeah all right so we're down to shauna and tori see and i'm just gonna go straight to number one uh just because number two will be obvious to me there's it's a home run a home run is danny fuller's wife i've seen Danny Fuller's wife in action twice, uh, once in Montauk and then once at Disneyland, loading kids into cars, fr- like everything, you know, not going sideways, but like it's Disneyland, right? You're loading your kids in the car at Disneyland. Yeah. I was sitting talking with Danny. Uh, she was beyond gracious, beyond beautiful, and like capably handling two kids, no problem. And then on top of that, she's a successful businesswoman where I don't know how you get better than that. Quite frankly, like nothing against dear Ms. Logie. But to me, the seeing someone juggle life like that, juggle a life and be totally poised and beautiful while doing it is, yeah, is an attractive thing. I think we're on the same page completely. I am blown away by exactly those things. Like her beauty is like, unmatched and then she seems like an incredible mother like 50 percent of her instagrams are like model poses and then the other 50 percent are exactly what you said or them going to a christmas party with the kids and it's just like okay you guys have the perfect family danny fuller is i don't know how danny fuller did it uh but i think i think they split time 50 50 new york and hawaii uh danny is you know obviously still successful and doing his thing she's wildly successful doing her thing they have super cute kids it just there never seems to be any like weird 
underside to it. Again, I've seen it up close. There, where there was no, there was like real affection between her and Danny, real affection between the kids and them. It just seemed like they had a real cute whole family unit. Most enviable surf family potentially by far. I don't even know that anyone even comes within scratching distance. I agree, and that's why this power rankings was so important to me. Was like. We want to give the listeners, like, it's too easy just to be like, hey, look at how beautiful Julian Wilson is sure. and, hit, and Ashley Oh, No, no, no. We all know that already. Yep. We're going to give you the next tier. Yep. And by the way, Fuller, what an amazing transition that guy's had in his career where it was like surfing a couple waves at Pipeline every year allowed him to kind of be a pro surfer. And then um, his fine art kind of transition is incredible. He's like a proper artist. He's not like a like a haha, he does art. He's like a proper respected like showing in New York gallery artist. Slow exposure photography yep. of like seascapes at night and yeah. stuff. So it becomes this kind of gradient of colors between the sky and the water and the sand and uh, they are really really beautiful. And I don't know how it happened, but it seems like a lot of his success was due to him linking up with Julian Schnabel. Yeah, I think so. Or I think Julian might have been his way in. I think so, too. Yeah. So, like, but where did they meet? Like, On the North Shore. Julian's best buddies with Herb. And so Julian's oh, always on the North Shore. Okay. And Herbie, like, I think I've stayed, actually. I've hung out with Julian quite a bit. I stayed in Julian's Pink Palace in New York for, I think it was a good week. No uh, yeah, it was amazing. Um, but, yeah, you know, meals out with Julian. He's a, he's a great guy. But I think Julian more than anything in this world wants to be a surfer yeah herbie fletcher more than anything in this world wants to be an artist uh and so they pair nicely right like right. where dibby will laugh and just like treat them like a couple dibby fletcher Herbie's wife, blah, those guys uh but yeah i think they genuinely enjoy what the other one does uh what the other one does you know natively yeah uh, and each want that for themselves so then herbie goes off and tries to be an artist and julian goes to the north shore every winter well does Julian actually surf? He does surf, I think. I don't know okay. if he does anymore. He he I think he if I remember he grew up in Texas. Okay. Uh and would ride, you know, like go to the Gulf and ride weird longboard stuff and and I think he had like some, you know, travel around somewhere with a surfboard kind of experience in his life. He he's yeah, he's grown up, he grew up surfing. Um but then I think to him, you know, Herbie was probably really the star when Julian was coming up kind of, mm -hmm. uh, or I think Julian, yeah, I think they're at the same age where he probably looked at Herbie and just thought, this is amazing. Now the fact that he gets to hang out with Herbie, I probably think he thinks this is amazing. And Herbie, I think feels the exact same way about, about schnobs. Yeah. I've always seen, um, schnobble on the North shore, but I couldn't figure out what the connection yeah. was. So like I knew he had an affection for surfing and I figured that's how Danny somehow got related, but the Herbie yeah, is the connection. Herb. Herb is the connection. Got it. Fascinating. Well, uh, bravo. Yeah. Tori Praver. Tori Danny Praver. Fuller, congrats, you guys. Can, you we, just... can we send her? Do you have any Surf Splendor t-shirts? Should we make They're a... They're coming. Okay. Surf, then we should send Tori Praver a Surf Splendor t-shirt. I say we do a co-branding. Yeah, perfect. Let's do a Beach Tori grit. Praver line, Beach Grit, Surf Splendor. We'll do a bikini line. Perfect. Maybe. It'd be a huge seller. <laughs> totally. Um, all right, man. So the final segment for today's show is, of course, Barrel or Not. Nah. Yeah. It's been the most popular segment we've ever done so first uh first question naming your kid barrel uh, barrel or not is totally barrel whose kid is it's a mcnamara right is it is a barrel this is legit yes garrett mcnamara named his kid barrel barrel mcnamara you you honestly don't get more barrel than naming your kid barrel especially when you're garrett and your last name is mcnamara 
How funny is Barrel that? Barrel McNamara is next level amazing. It's like, so amazing. Barrel McNamara is is even a higher plane than walking into Duke straight face, throwing shakas, ordering poi, and drinking Mai Tais, and in, being cork. In a puka shell necklace. In a puka shell necklace. It's the most... Barrel McNamara is so beyond... Blew out core beyond anything that could ever be repaired, I think. like Totally. It's core art. It's over. Yeah. From no, this point on, there's never be anything more nope, core. It's Barrel McNamara. So Barrel. So um, that, by the way, came from a listener as well. And I asked... He's a longtime listener of the show, and I was like, dude, how do you want to be credited? And he's like, I just always wanted uh, to be credited as a longtime friend of the show. That's great. I know him as Chris from Charleston. But forevermore, he'll be known as a long-time long friend, friend of the show. Long-time friend of the show is, is warming. He actually gave me the power rankings uh, concept, too, and has been sending me photos of chicks like all week long. Oh, nice. See? Thank you. So, yeah. Thank you, long-time so friend listeners, of the show. So, yeah. listeners, I always say, like, look, the conversation isn't just between me and whoever I'm interviewing or the co-host. The conversation is between all of the internet. It's surf. Yeah. Chime in, dude. Yeah, Chime totally. In. Send me a DM. All right. Barrel or nah, the shaka. Uh, see, I think the Shaka is totally barrel. To be honest, I think you know I've moved through my own like throw it ironically, throw it where the ironic then becomes serious, and then that's how you actually greet people. I think it's pretty great that we as surfers have our own handshake, right? I mean that we don't, we don't even have to touch each other. Uh, we can wave at each other doing a Shaka, and however you throw it. Ironically, not ironically, somebody, I think, said somewhere that Zach Weisberg probably throws, oh, it was on the Beach Creek comment board, like the tightest shock ever, where just like, so his fist just balled up and his, and his pinky stretched far and his thumb stretched far. <laughs> However you throw your shaka, I think that as surfers, we should just embrace the shaka. It's great. What do, right. you, do you, you don't like it? Um, you think it's tacky. You think the shaka I'm is- embarrassed to use it. Oh, start using it. Yeah, the path to the path to shock enlightenment. You start using it ironically. So ho ho ho, throw it, see ya, and then you just let it slide into part of your life. Okay. Oh, the worst shaka though. I've, I'm sorry, sorry to cut you off. I just saw this. I was noticing. So I was flipping through. What was it? It must have been the inertia, and I saw a picture of Zach at a party, uh, and he had his hand in his pocket with his thumb and pinky out of his pocket. <laughs> uh, and I thought the he's... First, the three fingers tucked ex- in. Exactly. Okay. The shaka. And then I looked, I looked at more pictures and he did it again and again. And it was all like stupid, you know, inertia, step and repeat shit. Um, Zach Weisberg throws a pocket shaka, which is totally, completely lame, I think. He's trying to be cute. He's- He's in shaka relaxation mode. Yeah. Like when he's relaxing, his hand's still in shaka. He thinks it is, but it's like it takes a real effort to yeah. wedge your his stubby little fingers into his tight little pocket. Like he really tries and he makes a point of doing it. And yeah, your shaka should become again, start ironically, but it should become just part of your life, just like breathing and eating. Right? Throwing shakas. Yeah. That's how you greet somebody. Like a real quick one up. Okay, so do you go Back of the hand facing the person or the front of the hand facing the person? It's the beauty about the shaka, I feel, is is each person... Shakas are like snowflakes, I feel. Like, you... You know, again, you start throwing it ironically, you know, backhand, obviously, but then, like, you know, it just becomes whichever. I do both. I go you back. Do I do front. Yeah, like a quick wave. Uh, yeah, you know, a little shake, whatever. Sometimes you shake it. Yeah, exactly. Each... It's kind of like, yeah, each... Um, each situation calls for its own thing. Sure, totally. So. And that's why the shaka again, why I'm a why I'm a shaka proponent is because it's like the the 
variety of shaka you can throw. Mm. You can throw an angry shaka. You can throw a shaka like a middle finger almost if you really want to fuck you. Yeah. You know, like a real kind of tight shaka. It could be a happy open shaka. It can be an indifferent shaka. So many shakas. I did not realize all of the nuance. It's kind of like honking your horn when you're in the car. You can give an angry honk or sure. you just give like, hey, hey, tap, hey tap. what's up? Beep, totally. Beep, you know? Start. start I, I implore you to start throwing it. And again, because it's awkward... It'll be. It, it always starts ironically, right? That's yeah. the only way to start. You can't come in to serious. But if you embrace the irony enough, the irony becomes serious. Okay. Wow. All right. Do you use it in emoji form? I never. I don't use emojis full full stop. But I would. I did not know that. Yeah, I don't use emojis. I, what you have a policy? No, I don't. I just don't like. I feel like I missed the boat on them. Like if I was going to have started using them, it would have been forever ago. So I guess Shaka to you is the emoji to me, where I should probably start using emojis ironically. Yeah. D- Derek and I go back and forth in text sometimes and have thrown uh, ironic emojis back to back and forth to each other, but it always dies out because it's neither of our. Like the only language Derek and I speak is exclamation point. So Mm. it's always perpetually just exclamation, exclamation. I I like the emoji because um, sometimes uh, something can get lost in text. Sure. You know, like you, and it helps add a little bit of kind of emotion. I think you can show sarcasm and stuff like that really way better in emoji than you can like sarcastic text sometimes read totally straight. Yeah, exactly. All right. So uh, barrel or not. Being best friends with your wife. Oh, not. That's so unbarrel. Calling I married my best friend is the ugliest phrase around. I loathe that. Like, it's great to be friends, but that's not your fucking friend. It's your wife. Like, exactly. It's two different relationships, and to merge them yeah. is really, really dumb. Totally. Yeah. I agree. Like, you obviously, in a lot of senses, she knows more about you than sure. your best friend does, you know, so you could make that argument. But I'm talking about the guy who, like, has every meal and like wants to watch the football, wants his wife yeah. there when he's watching no. football and like has to ask for like that. No, I think that, I mean, I think that obviously the spousal relationship supersedes all other relationships, but it's not your friend. Like it's a different relationship. And I feel to make your wife, your friend or to call her your friend, or I married my best friend kind of bullshit. Uh, you actually, you actually take, you take away from both relationships. You, you, gut what's fun about friends and you also gut what's fun about having a wife like yeah. they're two separate things never the twain shall meet dude see a lot of this show is irreverent and we're just gossiping about surf culture but then there's kind of pearls of wisdom that's a pearl yeah mixed never in. never and man out there who's going to get married Chloe Handino you're going to get married I love Chloe Handino just, yeah totally um, when the wife wants to say on our wedding thing, on our announcement or whatever, today I married my best friend, say no. And it's not because she's not a wonderful person. It's because, and you can explain this to her, man, whose wife wants to put, today I married my best friend on your wedding shit. Uh, tell her, no, you're more than my best friend. You're like, or it's different. It's above. It's a station above. Agreed. Yeah. Good advice. Chloe, yep. if yep. you're listening. Chloe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Final category for barrel or not. Surfing leashless. Oh, uh, I do it, but I'm still going to say not. Okay. Uh, not barrel. It's not barrel. Like, and maybe this is just the fact that I'm a father, but people who fly their boards around, if you can, if you can guarantee hold on your board after a wipeout, then that's barrel. But very, very few people can do that, I think. I mean, because you've got to be surfing pretty conservatively yeah. if you're going to guarantee hold it. And then boards just flying through the lineup at people's heads. 
I'm not a fan. Yeah, so um, I prefer to surf leashless. Me too. Oftentimes, like I don't know why it is. Um, there's an element of freedom in your mind, sure. you know, that you just. I mean, my damn toe will still get caught around my leash, you know, once yeah. every ten waves or whatever. Totally. And it's so annoying when you blow a good wave because your damn leash is wrapped around your big toe. And it's even the worst is when you're kind of creeping down the line where you still get up. It's not like affect. It didn't affect you. It didn't knock you off the wave. You're surfing this beautiful wave like an utter moron because you can't do anything because you're you're gonna, hogtied. You're going to rip your toe off if you try anything. Yeah, or if it's wrapped around your front foot sometimes, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I just feel like – and I don't really lose my board that often when I do it depending on what the waves are like. And I try harder. I feel like I'm actually a better surfer without a leash. And also, I don't mind swimming. Occasionally, you have to swim. That's good for you, too. That's totally true. And I guess the fans of the show who get mad about the agreement factor are... I mean, because I totally agree. The only time it frustrates me is when there's a bunch of kids, frankly, when there's a bunch of kids playing in the shore break and, and... when people are surfing uh, longboards or or subs leashless, like a shortboard, who cares if it comes flying in? But a but a big heavy ten foot thing, yeah. just like rolling in the rolling through the whitewash towards a bunch of kids on the beach is yeah. is inexcusable. It really is. So this question actually came from a listener as well. And even though I just made the argument for why I prefer to surf leashless, I would actually forego kind of what I want. For greater good, for safety, yeah. But, because that yeah. listener, he said the same thing. He's like, you know, I'm—I forget where he lived, but he, I think it was Australia somewhere. But he's like, look, I'm taking my kids to the beach, and it's very concerning, and it is a danger. And to be honest, it's completely avoidable. Yeah. And if some kid got a head injury because one guy wanted to surf leashless, that's already too much of a tragedy. So why not just go leave? Where leash? I, but uh, but I will I will back up and say only if you're riding a longboard or a sub. I think that because a shortboard's not going to injure anybody. Good dude, those things are sharper than longboards. They're not as heavy, but like the fins, the pointy nose, like. But it's but when I see the log coming in, it's it's never like head. It's always like roll, basically rolling in the whitewash, right? Like it's going ready to take out ten kids just by its sheer weight. Yeah. Where and yeah. it's ten feet wide yeah. coming. Yeah, it's going to take a whole bunch of them out. I sur- so I surfed uh, Cardiff a couple weeks ago. Uh, longboarded it because it was like knee high and I was with a couple of guys and I got out of my car with my leash walked down to the beach and I realized I was the only one wearing a leash yeah. and they kind of made fun of me and shamed me like ha Orange County guy wearing a leash like us San Diego guys don't do that that's amazing and so then the following day I didn't wear a leash because I was adequately shamed got peer pressured and I didn't lose my board at all or anything like that but I was kind of thinking to myself like no you guys are the barns yeah. like this you know, I don't know. Like, you're a danger to society. You're too cool yeah. to like be safe. Were, were they good, though? I mean, were they good? Good enough. Nobody lost their boards. Yeah. See, I mean, that's... Yeah, but again, it's just that one one stray weird wave that gets you. And as boards. you know, at Cardiff, there's just tons of kids playing in the water. Always. So it's kind of yeah. the worst spot to do it. Yep. But apparently, people do it all the time there. Nobody really gets yeah, hurt. No. So it's kind of an anomaly. But I was surfing Malibu during that Hurricane Marie swell like three or, three years ago or something. On like the day of days where it was like with, tr- with no leash, I was on a shortboard with a leash. Okay, but I was paddling out or like got caught inside with a massive set, and it was so crowded. Guys, because it's Malibu, everybody's burning everybody. They're all riding logs. Guys are ditching their boards. Guys can't duck dive their logs, yeah. so their boards getting stripped out. So I'm watching this set break 30 yards in front of me, and there's 30 logs coming at you, tombstoning like. 
tumbling What'd in you the do? Did, did you did you sacrifice your board and just jump off and swim down? Or no, did you try to duck dive? It? I tried to duck dive a board. Like there was multiple that I was kind of navigating, and there was guys around me as well yeah. that were also and I saw a board in front of me, and I was like, I'm not even duck diving the wave. No, I'm just going to duck dive the board. Did you make it? I made it. I never got hit, and I don't know if people did or didn't, but like, it'd be shocking if nobody yeah. took a board to the head that oh, day. My goodness. It was pure pandemonium. Like, insanity. Yeah, that's that's really, really, really annoying. Yeah. Especially, yeah, snake and logs. Yeah. So, uh Barrel or not, you're for leashless surfing. You're going. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say actually barrel, unless you're riding a longboard or a sup, and then it's okay. there's never there's never a right time unless there's like you're alone. Got it. Uh, two final questions before we go. When was the last time you got barrel? Just like legitimately, like like a proper sure in and out barrel. Because um, we're talking about the Everyman Challenge. We were talking last time about like what's your raddest surf maneuver. Like average everyday surfers want to know. You sure. Know, like that's our listenership. Sure, sure. So, like, when when was your last barrel? My last proper barrel, I guess it was when uh, it was not too long ago. Actually, oddly, there was a good. I can't remember when it was. I feel like it was June or something. When there was a good little uh, strip of swell hit uh, D Street in Cardiff, and it was that one of those. You know, D Street can get really peaky and oddly barrelly. And it was a sheer accident. I just dropped in and and uh, it was a left, and you know, got. Like, uh, I don't know how deep I was. Do you ever know how deep you are? I mean, I never know. I never have any real sense how deep. Like, I saw the lip in front of me. Yeah. You know, and so I would, knew I was barreled. But I didn't know, okay, is this barrel, like, stretching right. way back behind me? No, I do know, but only when it's, like, proper kind of drained yeah. out. And you can kind of feel and hear, like, yeah. hollowness. Yeah. But, like, little beach break waves like that, you're never that deep. Because no. Because it doesn't have the power to even, like, push you sure. through it. Um, yeah, I know I had a realization recently where I was just like, my, um, performance level of surfing is so low at this phase in my life. Like I haven't been proper barreled in such a long time. But the, see, that's the thing that like a couple times out of D street, like I was out there and it was the same thing, right? Uh, where it was, it was barreling and people were getting barrels, but I'm like when I'm surfing D street or anywhere in San Diego, I'm never thinking barrel. I'm always thinking, you know, okay, catch the wave and, you know, race down or do a bottom turn, get up into the section. I have it so set in my mind, the way waves in San Diego are that I realize I just, my brain can't adjust quick enough to wait a second. There's barrels out here. So if I take off on something, you know, stall for a minute or like at least look at what the wave is doing. I just assume what the wave is going to do, uh, which is that's mentally is, is my biggest stumbling block, I think. Like, I think we all, anybody who surfs competently has the ability to get barreled. Sure. It's just mentally, are you doing the right thing to ensure the barrel? Also, I think you need to be going to blacks on, like, a big day and, like, trying to backdoor sections to get, like, a proper barrel. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. If you're just surfing your local beach break that occasionally barrels, then that's just kind of, like, a head dip. Yeah. 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 Like, I surfed Newport last weekend, I think it was, last run of swell. And it was like head high, kind of proper thumping. And that's when I actually had that thought in my head. Like I got a couple that day and I was like, oh my gosh, like I haven't actually gotten gotten barreled barreled like this in a while. But the weird thing is it wasn't that gratifying. No. I got out of the water and I was like, that was no different than any other session. I Long gone are the days where like that made my week, you know? And maybe I just need to go travel somewhere and get like proper Proper barrels. Proper all day, every day for like 10 days. Exactly, exactly. Like drainers. Um, All right, dude, final question. Who's going to win lowers, dude? 
Oh, I'm going to lower starting next week. I we think do. It, is on it the does. It something. does start next week. I'm going to put, if I had to put money on it, I'm going to put my money on Julian Wilson. I feel Jordy, uh, wearing the Jeep yellow leader, Jeep leader, yellow Jersey, Jeep, something yellow like leader, <laughs> yellow leader, Jeep Jersey, uh, whatever Jersey he's wearing. That's yellow. I feel that that's going to put too much pressure on Jordy. He's going to mm. crack, even though Jordy has. I just looked and saw one, two of the past three trestles. Did you did you know that? I did. Two of the, two of the past three. Um, I feel that having one, two of the past three, and being top the totem pole is going to put too much pressure on Jordy. And I, I bet Jordy's going to bow out uh, in one of the middle middle heat five or six or 12 or whatever those yeah around 12 whatever those no loser round weird ones are so i interviewed chris gallagher yeah a week or two ago which he's, is jordy's, he's coach. jordy's coach yeah and um i feel like jordy might win the world title this year you feel I good mean, about it, jordy it's yeah i mean it's easy to say because he's in first position now sure. but i do feel like um while your assessment right now of jordy kind of losing or losing because of the pressure would have applied to Jordy in past years. I feel like this year he's in a new headspace. You think he's locked in? Dude, I feel like he has this kind of calm, long-term goal that he didn't have previously. I feel like he used to show up and like give 100% or, or fizzle, and now he's kind of got this more like 75% approach, and 75 of Jordy is enough to get him through. And there's a humility to Jordy that I haven't seen before. Mm-hmm where he was a little more fiery in the past. And now when he lost um, the semifinal in Chopu, he was in the channel being interviewed by Strider afterwards. It was a great interview. Yeah. Strider was like, Hey, where do you go? Where do you go from here? And he goes, honestly, I look at guys like Kelly, like uh, John, John, and I learn from them. I look at the way they're riding barrels and I figure out how to surf better. And I've never seen that type of humility before in Jordy. And so I think that that says a lot about his headspace and a certain level of maturity that he didn't have before. So I think if he can kind of use that and then win a world title this year with that maturity. You think you think Jordy's going to run the table? I think next year he could show up and start doing the alley-oops that we used to see, the crazy full ropes that we used to see, because he's not doing that stuff now. But if he kind of gets the uh, world title with this reserved, methodical tactical style he can then open up that next gear that we haven't seen from him in years so do you think uh john john is done then no i think john john's still right up there too john john then he like he uh he loses in situations that you wouldn't expect him to lose in sometimes like i don't remember when he went out in um chopu this year it was either the quarters or the semis but you know, he should just be always getting two eights out of Chopu yeah. no matter what. And he, he's a guy who can will waves to him, but then sometimes he doesn't. So, whereas like Felipe is such a freak at certain places, but you expect him to lose at Chopu. So that's going to hinder him from getting a world title. Um, John John shouldn't be losing anywhere in the world, you know? This, I mean, do you know what the what the long-term forecast for Trestles is? Is there is there anything on the horizon? Cause I have no idea. Because if there's waves, it, it should be setting up to be one of the funnest surf contests in the last long while. Just the, the number of guys still in title contention. Uh, and, you know, it's not a wave that I, all of those guys can surf Trestles. It's not like a yeah. wave that, you know, it's... It, like nobody has an advantage out there. I feel like Philippe could blow it up. Julian could blow it up. John, John could Jordy could, 
You know, the little plumber could. So many of them could. I feel like Felipe would be a safe pick for the event. Felipe, though, I, I wonder sometimes how much Felipe actually cares about winning. Yeah. Seems like Felipe loves to surf. Uh, I don't know necessarily that Felipe cares about winning, which is, you know, maybe, maybe he totally does. Yeah. And obviously he does, I guess. He stormed the judges' tower when he, when he right. you know, got a bum call or whatever, or what he thought was a bum call and got ejected from right. the whole event. So you're taking Julian. I'm taking, I'm taking Julian. Jordy. Yep. We'll know by the next time we record. Yep. What's let's wager, dude? Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's go twenty bucks. How about a bottle of vodka? Oh, easy. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's go bottle of vodka, bottle of wine. Okay. Perfect. I owe you a bottle of vodka. You owe me a yep. bottle of wine. Perfect. Done. Okay. Um. By the way, I was at Vaughn's yesterday. There's a drink that is already mixed coconut water and vodka. Oh, do you trust the premixes? Definitely not. Oh man, Definitely I got. What, what was it called? It was like they just mashed the two words together. It was like Cococa or Von Coco or something. Fuck Coco. Okay, I'm going to go look it up and try to get him to sponsor the show. Then I took a photo it. of it. I'll send it Oh, to great. You. Okay. Yeah. I'm excited about my new drink. My I new saw drink it and I was just like, first of all, I didn't know that this was already a trend prior yeah. to you introducing it to me. I didn't know until Derek introduced it to me. Right. Yeah, I think this is new. There. Yeah, it's out there. All right, dude. The wager is a bottle of something. So bottle of something, and it's not. In it, if neither guy wins the event, it's whoever makes it farther. Okay, and if they both end in the same round, whoever got the higher score. Should we pick a? Should we pick a? Are we going to go that far? Should we just pick a? If it's same round, they go out. We should pick one more each. What if it's the they go out record. in the same round? We just drink the bottle together. Okay, done. Perfect. That's yeah. On the show. <laughs> oh, I can't wait for another boozy show. Yeah. All right, dude. So, Chaz, how do we go out on this? Uh, how do we go out? Is there any? Is there something that people should think about this week? Uh, I don't know. I say uh, go to beachgrid.com, find okay. everything that we discussed, yep. or surfsplendorpodcast.com. And Chaz, what's your Instagram handle? Uh, reports from hell. All right. Mine's at surfsplendor. All right, until next time, get barrel. Get barrel for sure. Get barrel McNamara. Thank you, Chaz, for taking time out of your busy schedule to make this happen. Of course, visit beachgrit.com to see his writing and, and all the wonder that that website is of course visit surfsplendorpodcast.com to see everything we discussed in this episode i'm also posting a lot of it on social media at surf splendor so follow tag friends help that to grow um honestly the growth of this show in the last six months or so has largely been due to your contributions your financial contributions and your contributions in terms of sharing the show with friends social media is a great way to do that rate and review the show on itunes that also helps Thank you, by the way, for the positive feedback about last week's episode of Shaping Surfing with Ryan Lovelace. It's really thrilled to be able to connect with Ryan kind of for a long period of time. I've met him, you know, before, but it's the first time we've actually sat down and talked. So that was really cool. And I was glad to be able to share that with you. This has been a really gratifying experience producing this show, meeting lots of cool people. And um, so thanks for that. And then thanks again for the positive feedback. You can look forward to an episode of Wax On next week with Devin Howard. And um, another thing I wanted to mention is I've launched a blog on surfsplendorpodcast.com that allows space for conversations that kind of spin off from this show. So um, one of the first things that I posted was a listener email that I got regarding a conversation that Dave Parmenter and I had about surf literature. Um, a listener emailed and just said, hey, man, these are some books that you should check out if you're interested in surf literature. And so... 
I just posted his book recommendations on the blog. That's something that I thought everybody would like to hear about, and it didn't make its way into the show, so I made space for it. The blog is kind of a place where I can make space for stuff like that. Dave Parmenter is going to be sending me some films that he thinks everybody should see because you know that was part of his and my conversation too, is just about film, not surf film, but just actual Hollywood feature films. So he has a must-see list that I'll be sharing with you shortly. So check out the Surf Splendor podcast blog. And if you have any ideas for anything you would like to see there or you would like to share with people, send them to me. Hello at surfsplendorpodcast.com. All right? So until next week, when you hear from Devin Howard and I, this is David Scales gently prompting you to get back into the ocean, get a couple of waves, and shred on. Shred on.